everyone. Thanks for joining us on Asking for a Friend, a podcast for women created by New Hope Community Church. The phrase and hashtag, Asking for a Friend, is used in sarcasm after asking an embarrassing question, indicating that it's so awkward it must be asked under the guise of a helpful friend. This discussion group was born out of a desire to talk openly about things that are often considered taboo or stay hidden in general, but especially in the church. Statistics show that the issues we will cover affect women within the church as much as those who don't consider themselves churchgoers, so let's talk about them. The first and very simple purpose of this group is to let women know that they are not alone. Across social media and even in person, we always show the best of ourselves, leading us to believe that nobody else has the same struggles as we do. This is such a lonely feeling and only leads to discouragement. This is a lie that we hope to expose by the time our discussion is over. Also, studies show that one of the reasons current generations don't consider going to church is that the church is not open to messy discussions and believe that Christians think they have all the answers. The second purpose of this discussion group is to show that this group of women admits we don't have simple solutions to life's questions, and we recognize that we never arrive but will be working through these issues during our lifelong journey. The third purpose of this group is to give practical suggestions and spiritual counsel to others based on the experience of our guests and the resources we've put together. Specifically, we will recommend resources from Right Now Media, a video resource library called the Netflix of Bible Studies. For your free access, text right now, space, N-H-C-C-M-N to 41411. As we listen to one another's stories and are bold in sharing our own, we can create a community where we are all fully known and fully loved. Because this is a safe space and the issues are sensitive, we will not be sharing the names of our guests. If you have questions about a particular guest or story, please contact us and we will connect you. Today's session is called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. It is based on the verses Psalm 139, 13, and 14. For you have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The topics we're covering are self-image eating disorders and self-harm. Some of the resources that we recommend from Right Now Media is um, uh, one called Eating Disorder Session from Compass and Light. It's a series that has seven short films covering topics of anxiety, bipolar, depression, addiction, eating disorders, PTSD, and suicide. As we listen to one another's stories and are bold in sharing our own, we can create a community where we are all fully known and fully loved. All right, so we have two friends here. One friend graciously brought me chai that I don't need because I'm already wired. <laughs> um, and we we didn't have any coffee mugs today, so I'll just share mine. You don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. And you brought your puppy handprint mug yeah. last time when we met. This is my mama bird mug that my sister gave me, and I have two girls, so there's one and there's the other. I guess it's rare to find something that has a mug that has something on both sides. So, all right, so we're just going to start off. Um, when did you guys start to notice that there was something, like, beyond just, you know, maybe 
moving stuff around on your plate or counting calories to like, this might be a problem. Like at what age or not even the food, but you were told at a young age about what you should and shouldn't be eating. Yeah. Mine started at age five where I was told if you ate certain things, you'll get fat. And I was restricted more so than my brother's. I remember at a young age, things my brothers could eat, but I couldn't eat. So, like, it shaped, but I didn't know it was a problem until later in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, teenage, like, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. What did you notice? I noticed I was obsessed with how much serving size was, how many calories it was, Mm -hmm. and I always had to weigh myself every night. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. One of the stats I read said that of 10-year-olds, 81% worry about being fat. That's terrible. You know, someone with two daughters. Yeah. Do you have have kids? Yep, I have one daughter. Yeah. Um, And she's 15 now, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very. So, I think I first noticed um, in middle school Mm -hmm. is when I first started noticing, and I think that... Um, once I started noticing, you could start looking back to notice like this mm-hmm. kind of building into um, a problem or yeah. um, just like little things that people were saying um, that kind of like built up to mm-hmm. um, this um, change that I was about mm-hmm. to make in my diet and mm-hmm. just like how poorly um, I felt for self-image. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was um, probably like sixth grade, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I really noticed it and like over that summer um, was when I really started like portioning mm-hmm. or I would have to like if I ate something I would immediately go like run laps around my house mm-hmm. um, or um, just like anytime after I ate immediately I'd have to go exercise to like try to mm-hmm. burn it off immediately like I just didn't want those calories to yeah. like be there for mm-hmm. any amount of time yeah um and so, yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking to think that we were so young when all of this I know. starts to happen. Yeah. Did you have, like, what around you kind of reiterated to you that you weren't good enough or that you had to do something more? Were there Was there anything on the outside telling you that? I think just, like, little comments from people that um, I don't think meant harm. Yeah. But um, I started taking them as, um, like, I wasn't good enough. Or mm-hmm. I was seeking that approval from people and I wasn't getting it. And not just yeah. in, like, image, but also in, um, like, school. Or mm-hmm. just, like, a, I think a lack of people being positive yeah. um, mm-hmm. to me. Um, and saying, you know, I did a good job in um, yeah. anything, really. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started internalizing that. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of my family members had said... Um, I was wearing an outfit one day and this was kind of like the one thing that really, like I said, it kind of like built up, but this is like the one thing that really kind of like made it blow up, I guess, was, um, I was wearing an outfit and then they had said, are you, are you wearing that? That does not fit you. And kind of like a, Mm -hmm. like I said, I don't think they meant it to be mean, but, Mm -hmm. um, it really was like, yeah, like Mm -hmm. that moment where I was like, I need to, I have to do something Mm -hmm. about this. And, um. Obviously, I don't think anybody, like, you don't immediately go to that place where you're like, oh, I have a huge problem. But it just, like, you start and it just Mm -hmm. snowballs into, like, um, you know, I thought that I was, like, this is the one thing I could control. Um, 
because I wasn't hearing the things that, you know, I needed to hear or people weren't, you know, being sensitive enough. Mm -hmm. And so this is like, I thought, oh, I can control what I'm eating. I can control this. But yeah really looking back you realize you're so out of control you, that yes. <laughs> it's like, I, said too. Yeah. I have no control over it but I thought I did yeah you think like oh this is the one thing that I have yeah. that like nobody else can take but um you're not in control of what you're doing anymore it's yeah. just um, it becomes it an, abs- an addiction over. yeah 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 you talked about it I think being similar to an addiction too yeah I I mean I have the side of going through addiction and I have the side of having been diagnosed with anorexia nervania and I think dealing with my anorexia has been harder than any drug or anything I've quit mm-hmm. this has been the well, hardest it's more hidden too it's not some like everyone knows mm-hmm. just say no <laughs> you know right. to drugs but it's hidden you can you know wear bigger clothes or you know binge and, or not binge purge you know in mm-hmm. private and all that yeah. kind of stuff but um for you, did anything else come of it? Like, like we talked about addiction, other things like unhealthy relationships, self-injury. I don't know if you struggled um, with that. I didn't have any self-injury, but I definitely, um, especially then, like, when you're starting middle school, then it was like, okay, well, um, you know, boys started coming into the picture. Yeah. And then it's like, I felt like I needed to have a boyfriend all the time. Yeah. So... I'd have a relationship and then, um, and I would usually, or I guess always be the one to say like, okay, I'm done with this one, but I would immediately like have something else. Yeah. And I mean, they were middle school relationships, yeah. so yeah. it's not like super deep or anything, but, um, you I always just like had, too. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like how long. And if I thought I saw like, maybe they're, they're noticing something or, um, they're not noticing enough or something mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, this is done and I'm going to move to something else now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was hearing too, that it's not just negative comments that makes people conscious. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I feel I didn't struggle with it. And so I always feel like people must've said a lot of terrible things about your bodies to make you feel that way. But it was like, no, when people say, Oh, you look so good. Or you look so skinny today. Like that That, feeds it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah so bad yeah I think when you hit that point where it's not um like when it starts to become an obsession or an addiction Mm -hmm. is like when you start hearing those positive comments and then you're like oh and then you don't like you're so scared of losing that attention um Mm -hmm. that you just have to make sure you know that you're um, doing everything that you can to just like stay in that exact image so that people are saying Mm -hmm. nice things yeah well in the media too I mean not that long ago, you would see magazines and, you know, pimp girls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, everywhere now. I mean, I'm 34, and so the Internet just started, like, becoming a normal thing when I was in high school. And then it's, like, oh, I don't know if there have been more eating disorders or self-image things now. I know the depression and everything is higher. Mm-hmm. But it's just everywhere. And, like, sex sells. Like, isn't it right. weird? buy this pasta because whatever it's like those two things don't even go together you know and that just feeds it and feels it and and it's so unfortunate my daughter's friend keeps calling over and over (laughs) um were there people that you knew you would never talk to about it or you didn't want to find out about it I kept it under wraps because I always did my research on it I'm like if I fall with my age and my category if I fall 
under 111 pounds, that's considered. So I always, like, had my ranges. Yeah. So, like, I always had my goal weight, but I never went past a certain point because I didn't want to get caught. Mm-hmm. And then... Like red flag to somebody. Yeah, I didn't want the red flags, but little did I know there was... People know. <laughs> people knew. And then I never wanted my parents to know because... Yeah. I didn't want them to feel like it was their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although some of their comments yeah. kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> relate to it, but like yeah, I don't right. blame them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was me. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. What was my question? Oh, oh people yeah, that people did not feel safe <laughs> talking about it. Um, I don't think I talked to anybody about it. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep it very um, secretive. Mm-hmm. Although um, people did start noticing... And, um, like even in, so I wasn't like super popular in school, mm-hmm. not like a, you know, way on one end, but <laughs> kind of like the, there. yeah, like, a um, you know, not really just noticed in, you know, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess at the end of middle school, um, there was a boy actually in, um, one of my classes and he actually started, um, calling me anorexic Aww. and I had like a. Because they saw your eating habits in the Yeah, well, and just that, clothes. I think just, um, I have lost a lot of weight yeah. at this point in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then I did start doing, um, like, I started playing volleyball mm-hmm. and stuff. So then it was, like, um, to a point you can hide it, but then once you're wearing, like, school uniforms yeah. and stuff yeah. and like, things are given to you, then you can't really, you know, like, baggy um, yeah. doesn't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and volleyball. for a, for a while. Stretchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so for a while I was like, oh no, like somebody found out, but then mm-hmm. it was fine because it was like attention. And so I'm like, yeah. I just need to stay in this space. But, mm-hmm. um, thankfully one of, um, my good friends at the time did, um, happen to tell one of our teachers, mm-hmm. um, which kind of started on like a super long road, um, to becoming healthier. Yeah. Um, what was that conversation like? Because I think part of this whole discussion is, like, how can we respond if we notice something? Because yeah. we don't want to, you know, it's a it's a dance kind of to yeah, approach and so, it. Um, she actually never said any. She didn't say anything to me at the beginning. And so um, one day I just had a note from, like, I got pulled out of class one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went down to the office. And um, then the nurse was there. Then this teacher, um, our gym teacher, actually, um, you know, she they had said, oh, well, somebody said that they were concerned about you and we just wanted to check in. And they were mm-hmm. very, um, like, respectful and not, like, yeah. you know, like, attacking, like, oh, yeah. somebody said you're doing this. And um, just kind of let me be very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but then that kind of started, like, I had to be, I went down, like, once a week to the nurse's office to mm-hmm. get weighed. Um, and I never looked because I didn't want yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, like, deal was that as long as I was, like, um, making progress, yeah. which included not going further, yeah. um, you know, then that could still be, like, I could mm-hmm. still stay and, and yeah. be in school and Did your parents do know that. that at that time? That my parents never to... did no. know um, that I was going down there. Yeah. And my friend did eventually say... Um, I'm so sorry, and I hope you're not mad at me. And I really was like, you know, thank God that you yeah. said something. Care, and yeah. so, you know, especially, you know, for somebody that's watching, like, um, encourage your kids to just, or, you know, mm-hmm. as adults too, but yeah. um, especially as kids to just, like, if 
they don't feel like they can reach out to their friend if they're worried, like yeah. reach out to someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a, a long road and I never really talked about it um, yeah. to anybody until besides the nurse, I guess. So, the, yeah. you know, I, even in high school, I did went down to the nurse once a week yeah. um, and weighed in and we had, you know, some conversations and um, I'm sure some people were like, gosh, she goes down to the nurse. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe hopefully they thought I, I don't know, something you know, had else, a medication yeah. or something. Unrelated, yeah. yeah. Um, but never until I was an adult did I ever actually like openly say, you know, like this is a problem that yeah. I had. And I think you said at one point, though, you did have a friend who also struggled, and it was like a competition almost, like it was negative feeding off of each other. Yeah. Uh, did you say? Oh, that? That, yeah, that was. Oh, you did. Were yeah. Because I always thought you don't want people to know, but you were like, you kind of encouraged each other. Yeah, we gave each, each other, other negative tips on yeah mm-hmm. how to get the lowest calories in yeah. and still look like you're eating. And yeah. now that we're both like in recovery and like we encourage each other and stuff mm-hmm. now yeah. but in the beginning you when you're not healthy you mm-hmm. kind of draw each other out yeah it was not a good thing yeah and I was learning too a couple of weeks ago that a lot of times it's like grade a students and high achievers and like people who are very motivated because they're accomplishing something mm-hmm. like did that today won that one today right. you know and so it's not like these loser burnout kids you know or like stereotypes where it's like right. they have problems like a lot of times it's athletes and you know things like that who like the challenge of of overcoming something like that mm-hmm. um yeah I guess at what point did you know you hit rock bottom? Yours sounded more of like a progress, like you started going to the nurse and like a slow progression. Yeah, I, I can think you like, point to a time that was like, ooh, this is bad? Um, I think when I knew it was so, um, I was anorexic. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a time, I think I knew when it was like the worst when I would, um, I would eat and then I would try to throw up. Yeah. And it just wasn't like a, like I do not like, like throwing up is just something no, that I who just does? cannot. No. <laughs> and so I would sit sometimes like down in the basement with an ice cream bucket, like mm-hmm. after everyone went to bed, and just like mm-hmm. try and try. Oh, I do and, that now. <laughs> and <laughs> eat ice cream after everyone goes to bed. Oh, <laughs> no, I was just sitting with an empty bucket, like oh, trying to throw oh, up. Oh, oh. Um, I I eat all the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When my kids are in bed, yeah. Um, just trying to throw up, and I also had found a couple of books. Um, at the library mm-hmm. and kind of I think it started out as like I wanted I wanted to get better and um but then it became more of a oh like this book is giving me tips on yeah. like other things that I can do oh, because so it's sad. like an you know sense. um yeah so I mean like you're reading about somebody and that, the intention was good in the beginning mm-hmm. you know to like see how did this person actually you know like get through and um try to overcome it and then it just became like oh well mm-hmm. she, you know she said it can only buy only eat like this many crackers and do this mm-hmm. or you know this time of the day is better than that time or just like all these little <laughs> tips and it just like became this game yeah and so I think um that's when I realized like like I'm using somebody else's story yeah um that they're meaning for good like yeah. to help people mm-hmm. and I'm using that as a way to like yeah. 
like tear myself down yeah. even more. That's a cool revelation. And so you were still a young person. Yeah, so high school like at high this school. point. Yeah. yeah. That's very deep for a high school <laughs> to understand. <laughs> but did you have a rock bottom? I think my rock bottom was when I moved to Florida at 19. Mm-hmm. And I like moved down there spontaneously to reconnect with my mom and family down there. But yeah. I was super sick. Like my mom worked mornings. I worked a night shift. I worked six or seven days a week at doing home health care. So no one was mm-hmm. around. And dinner was yeah. my main meal I wanted to skip yeah dinner and then I could skip breakfast Mm -hmm. like my mom would come in and bring me lunch so like I had to eat then but (laughs) but um I think it got really bad there and I always constantly weighed myself Mm -hmm. and I got to my lowest weight there that was beyond the red flag error yeah and um the things I was doing down there to get skinny like using dieting pills Mm -hmm. um laxatives like Mm -hmm. things like I shouldn't have been doing detoxing Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. um and then um purging yeah and then I would just look in the mirror and hate myself and then that's where Mm self-harm escalated down there um yeah I wanted to ask a little more about that because I feel like that's more uncommon than eating disorders like for it to translate and go that one step farther can you talk about like what was the feeling or what was the reason for doing that I feel like it's it came in stages like self-image I'm like oh Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough like Mm -hmm. I'm told I'm not good enough yeah or and don't eat this so I'm gonna like okay I'm gonna restrict and then it comes into like I feel so worthless and I hate myself so much I can't look at the mirror I don't want to look what's in the mirror because every time I did it wasn't good enough and then I I can't even look at the pictures I have of when I'm like that because I look so sick yeah but um now 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 I can't because I'm like that I'm sick like you have that too yeah, you, you look back at pictures and you can kind of tell like where you're at in the journey. And yeah. even like as an adult seeing like, okay, here's where I was like starting to get back into mm-hmm. the cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay, now like I'm out again, you yeah. know, just like kind yeah. of seeing in different. Yeah. yeah, like that part was not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And then the self-harm, I started self-harming at 13. Mm-hmm. 13 or 4, like 12 or 13. That was mostly cutting. Mm -hmm. Then it got progressively worse as I got older. Um, I started doing, because if I cut myself, I got checked. Eventually I got checked, like thighs, stomach, arms. By doctors? By doctors. I had family members check me. Like Mm -hmm. I got checked with going through inpatient and outpatient yeah. and stuff like that so yeah. I'm like I need to do something so mm-hmm. I'd accidentally get hurt mm-hmm. yeah so I self-injury <laughs> still self-injuring yeah I would go and punch whatever I could outside mm-hmm. yeah and just I had some as a punishment to yourself as a or punish- to get out aggression or I feel like punishing myself. I'm like mm-hmm. and I'm like if I 
if my hand hurts, then I'm not worried about what I look like or how I feel inside and dealing with stuff inside. So I'm going to go punch a tree because that's smart now. But (laughs) it just diverts your thoughts. It it distracted me from that little bit because then I'm like, oh, this actually kind of hurt. Like, (laughs) like, but um, with self harm, I think it was more of a way for me to seek attention Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't like, attention like oh poor me it was like I need help yeah it was my cry out for help and like yeah I remember like sitting at the dinner table with my aunt and then when I lived with them and I'm like spitting my food in a napkin yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm like waiting to be caught I'm like please that just catch me Mm -hmm. because I'm 13 I'm not healthy Mm -hmm. and I want it to be resolved but it wasn't until I was 19 I got Mm -hmm. yeah actual help I needed yeah Yeah, and that was one of my questions, too, for people listening. What are some indicators, you know, when you see others, like, question, you know, like what your friend noticed or things to watch out for? Um, I would say, like, Mm -hmm. food-wise, just seeing, like, if somebody, usually it's, like, very repetitive. Like, well, we know, like, how many calories is something. And so, like, I had um, the same thing for lunch every single day. Okay. Like a bagel with like, you know, a fingernail full of cream sure. cheese just to like make it look like I did something to it. And like yeah. that was every single day. Yeah. And so I think like the repetitiveness of like a, um, like a meal or yeah. um, something. Like what middle like schooler red. doesn't want a cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially like bread. something. Yeah. It's like nobody would really want to eat like the same exact thing every single day right. yeah. Yeah. Um, for lunch, especially when like this is at the high school, like you have a lot of options and you can go through like, yeah. you know, the pay line and get like pizza and yeah. cookies and stuff and whatever. And I just had like the same thing yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have a go-to? Uh, I had um, the smiley fruit snacks. <laughs> Yes, from Walmart. Yep. Yeah, one so pack is fifty good. calories, and it's really bad that I know that still. Mm-hmm. But like, I'd only eat six of those a day. At least it's yummier than bread. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's sad. Is there any other like warning signs? I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. With our relationship, it kind of all was a package. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. Yeah, it was a little of everything. I think, um, otherwise, I mean, just, like, also trying to, like, hide. So, or, like, uh, maybe, you know, it's, like, mealtime. Okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Disappear. So, sometimes it's hiding, and sometimes they're just, um, like, even with my daughter, a lot of times if she tries to go to the bathroom after mm-hmm. a meal, I'll just follow her. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, if we're at a restaurant, like, I'll just, like, stand outside the to door. Like she brought she, anything to throw away. Or if she's throwing up. It's like, tiny. either way. Yeah. Um, and so, thankfully, I've never yeah her do that. And you're open but, with her about this. Especially right. now as a teen. Right. That she's a teen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still, like, talk about, um, you know, body image all the time. And yeah. just, like... Um, God made people in all different sizes Mm -hmm. and everyone is special. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're saying that you're not good enough, that's really saying like God's creation isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and so just, and I know it's like easier said than, you know, like to get that through (laughs) your um, mind, but God's image, you know, you can't just flip a switch and be like, I'm a child of God. Yep. I'm not who I thought I was, you know, it's it's been a long, 
process of, you know, a lot of things that have happened along the way. Mm-hmm. I did want to mention, too, that that guys really struggle with this, too. Mm-hmm. I think especially in high school when you're in sports and sports, locker room mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, too. And also the social media with guys. So it's something to watch for, too. I think if you have a teen son, you know, or mm-hmm. younger, just to not assume it would right. affect them. Right. So, I don't know. Did you ever know any guys? Yeah, I knew quite a few. Mm-hmm. Only because we'd hit the gym together, you know? Yeah. And it would be... It'd always be like, I'm not bigger muscles than this guy, or my stomach's not toned as mm-hmm. much. And, like, I didn't necessarily see it as signs, but then they're like, we have to only eat this amount of protein in this. And then, yeah. then I started seeing it, and I'm like, okay. You have the same problem that I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it might look like a different form than us, or me, or her. Mm-hmm. Like, I might restrict calories, but they might restrict, like, and only drink protein shakes. Mm-hmm. And it might not seem unhealthy. Yeah. But you don't know how many calories or whatever they're burning off at the gym mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I've had a few guy friends have issues with it. Yeah. So, I think just important to mention that, too. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... It's right. not just women that struggle. Um, can you give us some spiritual things, but also practical things that really helped you through any resources or, you know, any any certain thing that's kind of your go-to, like, quote or scripture or, like, what are the main things that really helped you? I think, um, and this is a um, thing a counselor told me, especially with my self-harm and... Um, I'd have, like, something on on my wrist that I could spin. Mm-hmm. Like, either a bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, ponytail holder. Ponytail holder. Mm-hmm. Um, the ponytail holder don't, like, keep on for a lot, long hours because you can cut your circulation off. Like, something loose, like mm-hmm. a rubber band. Yeah. And then, like, if I felt like I needed mm-hmm. to cut, I would just sm- slap mm-hmm. it. I mean, like, not, like, yeah. all the way back. <laughs> don't do that, yeah. please. But, like, just, yeah, you know. And then, <laughs> yeah, we fidget toys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, my big help was um, having positive people around me. And then... What did you just say the other day I used to tell you? Ah, <laughs> uh, Kelly's wise wor- words. <laughs> if you want to see your future, look at your friends. <laughs> show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she used to tell me that all Yes. Time. And now I quote her. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good one. It's totally true. Yep. Um, Yeah. And art was a big one for you. Yes. Art really helped me escape and express my feelings on paper instead of my skin. And, Mm -hmm. like, I could draw how I wanted to look Mm -hmm. and then be like, okay, flip the page. And then it's new. It's a new Mm -hmm. piece. To show to show how you're feeling if you're not able to articulate it. Yeah. But, yeah, and I think that's beautiful. And we mentioned writing last time, too. Yes, I... Um, yeah, you're a really good writer, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like poetry, and I think mm-hmm. that helped me a lot because you can express your emotions in it, and, like, sometimes I can't explain to someone or talk to someone how yeah. I felt, but if I wrote in it, wrote it in a poem and mm-hmm. then shut the book, yeah. I was good. Mm-hmm. Or... Get it out there. Yeah, sometimes I post them on Facebook mm-hmm. but I didn't want the attention from it so mm-hmm. I like the book right. yeah yeah did you have any particular things that 
kind of really helped you along the way? Um, I don't really know of like any specific thing um, besides prayer, um, which is obviously very important, but um, when I was younger, but I know like now that I'm older, um, I think, I guess I wanted to say too, like, it's not, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I don't feel like I'll ever be like, oh, you're cured. I'm done. You no, know, right. it's like, this is over now yeah. because no. it, it, there's like different cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, so when I got pregnant for the first time or in any of the time, you know, I have three kids now, but um, it was hard because like you're gaining weight and to see oh like that gosh, number. This is us? Oh, no, I hear so how they good it is. talked about that on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so um, that was a really hard time for me because um, like I know I needed to gain weight for my baby to be healthy. Yeah, but at the same time, like I am gaining so much weight, and then it was like People this is noticing. like every time it was like this is the biggest I've ever been. This is the biggest mm-hmm. I've ever been. This is the mm-hmm. fattest I've ever been. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, people say things, and again, I don't think that they mean anything, yeah. or like, oh, your belly's getting so big, or whatever. Yeah. Um, On This Is Us, they were out walking, and a lady was like, oh, you're having a baby, and just that someone noticed was, mm-hmm. like, so hard for her. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, did you have, like, a mentor or anybody, or did you go to counseling or anything like that? Um, so I just had the... Um, well, I had, like, my weekly check-in mm-hmm. at the nurse's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to talk to her, but I didn't really have any other people. Yeah. Um, but now, so as an adult, then, um, I think just knowing like what things calm you. So like water calms me, sunsets calm me, um, walking. Mm -hmm. Like usually if I go for a walk, um, it ends up being, you know, like a 45 minute prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so just like knowing those things now Mm -hmm. and I, um, I don't really feel like I had much of a, you know, a good something um, when I was at my worst. But now I think as an adult, just like trying to um, stop myself from like getting back into the cycle, I have um, those certain things. And also, honestly, like now just being able to um, talk about it Mm -hmm. and to talk to other people and to, um, you know, just pray that, um, you know, your mess can be a message um, and that, you know, maybe somebody else will, um, you know, like you'll help them through it. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Your mess can be a message. Um, Do you think, and we can start to wrap up, do you think there are things that a church can do that would help people? Like what are ways things a church can offer or... I think, um, example, tonight, recovery group, it's Hurts, mm-hmm. Habits, Hang-Ups. Yeah. You can go in there and be grieving for a cat, or you can be in there and have... Codependency. Codependency, yeah. like, yeah. just, it's a, just a mix of people, and it's amazing just how this church reaches out, and it's Tuesday. Thursday night, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday yeah. nights. I think Tuesday's not meeting anymore, but yeah. Okay. Thursdays at and 6.15. Yeah. Cambridge and I see any, and then Saturdays at 5.30 here at Cambridge. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Um, I mean, you sit in the groups and you talk to people, and, like, the first day I went there, like, people were praying over me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I was a little overwhelmed, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, it makes you feel like you're not alone, and, like, mm-hmm. anything anything you're going through is not like bizarre it's not yeah what are you doing yeah it's yeah I don't feel like that in there Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm 
able to be open and talk about whatever. Because mm-hmm. someone in there has been through something yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything the church can offer? I think just like constantly saying, like I know um, after service, you know, you're always like the prayer team is up here, the prayer team mm-hmm. is here. And mm-hmm. just like constantly, even though, you know, like we hear it every week, just like mm-hmm. making everyone, um, making it known that there's somebody here. Yeah. Like that can talk to you, mm-hmm. that will pray with you, mm-hmm. um, you know, that will help you through. Yeah. And then as far as like, um, you know, younger people, I feel like, you know, having, um, maybe talks about like I, I guess I don't know what they do in youth group or whatever yeah. but you know just like having Talks those yeah. um, those like um, you know positive self image um, talks yeah. and just like mm-hmm. um, you know constantly reiterating it to mm-hmm. um, who made you right like he died for you <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah. how much more can you love someone right you know? yeah um, yeah just making it known that um, mm-hmm. you know you are worth it and um, there's somebody here that you can talk yeah. to and just having that like no judgment yes. zone I think just like creating that zone where you know you can go and talk to somebody mm-hmm. and not feel like they're gonna be like oh well she is this yeah. or you know I'll feel bad for her or mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. just creating that you know, just making sure everybody knows that there's a safe space where they can go yeah. and talk to somebody yeah. about it. And that was one of my main goals in, in doing this is, like, how can we as Christians present the best space for people to heal? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the stereotype of Christians is that we're religious, we're legalistic, we're bigots, we think we know, you mm-hmm. know. And so I'm like, I believe New Hope is not like that, you know, from what I know and, and being on staff, I feel like you know, and I said last week too that we're the island of misfit toys from mm-hmm. Rudolph. It's like, oh, you you're not in world. You don't. Oh, come to New Hope. Mm-hmm. We're an island of misfit toys, and so I feel like that's really mm-hmm. right. <laughs> that's gonna be my marketing campaign. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's really but funny. That's though. why, right? Because it's the the um, water gun who shoots jelly and the the elephant, the polka dotted white yeah, elephant, elephant. I got for a Christmas okay. gift one year. Because I want with square wheels. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I feel like that's part of what I was drawn to at New Hope is like, mm-hmm. okay, I was going to say there's no masks. <laughs> there's no masks here. People are honest. People have tattoos all over, you know, and that's what I liked. And so I think we can corporately in my job as, you know, in marketing, portray that to people mm-hmm. and even literally say that out loud if I wanted to. But if Christian people and Christian women are not presenting themselves that way on social media or in person right then the church can't I can't help that you know like it's up to to us and the people watching to create those safe spaces and be the kind of person that someone can approach and feel safe with and so I think just an encouragement to to everybody um asking open-ended questions Mm -hmm. and just being kind you know kind Christian woman (laughs) that people can talk to and I think also like um people sometimes like you know we have non-Christian friends are like well Christians just think that they're better than everybody Mm -hmm. else yeah and Mm -hmm. it's like you know like I like daily I'm like I failed in like all of these places (laughs) like so many you know (laughs) just like um and that you know we're sinners we're all sinners it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not or Mm -hmm. you know and so I think yeah just like putting it out there and, and also yeah being open to, to talking about mm-hmm. the things like we're not perfect yeah and even though um like I'm literally sitting 
some nights, um, or, or, you know, I was sitting with like an empty ice cream bucket, like praying mm-hmm. while also trying to like, okay, I'm like, I want to throw up right now. Like, I want to try this, mm-hmm. you know? And so just knowing, you know, that, um, you know, we mess up all yeah. the time mm-hmm. and we hit bottom, mm-hmm. but like God is always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, and I love the song that's like, you know, you're never too far, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you, you're, you might just be one step away from, yeah. um, you know, the rest of your life. And so, yeah. yeah. And I think too, we'll wrap up. Um, like the people that Jesus chose to be his disciples mm-hmm. were like a hot mess. Like all of them yes. were like, you are not the right type of person to be sharing gospel, you know, but it's like, he knew, he knew what they were, who they were, and he picked them, you know, follow yeah. me. And so I hope that, anyone watching who's really struggling you're not too far gone mm-hmm. and God can use you your mess and come back from anything I mean my husband was a hot mess you know and went to prison <laughs> and all that kind of stuff but you know been in recovery ministry and all that and it's like we all know stories of people who were like the worst of the worst who are mm-hmm. a huge blessing to ministry now so yeah just encourage you if you're watching you're not too far gone um, is there anything else that you guys want to say to either people struggling or Christian women watching? I think with church though too, you you say, "Oh, how are you doing? Good." Yeah. How do you? How are you going? Good. Right. Instead of saying, "How are you doing? How can I pray for you?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when you say that, people stop and like, "Oh, they care. They care," mm-hmm. and then you might be able to open someone up that's going through what we've gone mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. or whatever they're going through, you can have them know that they're being prayed for and they're cared yeah. for, especially mm-hmm. in New Hope stores or anywhere. Mm-hmm. Cause you say that someone's literally first thought is they care enough. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause saying like, how are you? is kind of like the random, like, it's just what you do. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like, yeah. and you could say, how you, you know, how are you? No, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. yeah. <laughs> fine thanks how are you yeah. yeah um it's just you know the dialogue that we have but yeah like having somebody say and I always say like when our friends just something maybe even is happening that I wasn't planning on saying to anybody but then you know you receive a message from a friend um that says you know like how can I've been thinking about you how can I pray for you today mm-hmm. yeah. just like it's like oh and then also I'm like um you know I just like put myself in the mindset that like this God sent me this person right now mm-hmm. like this is the person you know, yeah. like you've been keeping this in for so long. Yeah. And I literally just sent somebody to you to directly say, you know, like, mm-hmm. how can I pray for you? Like, yeah. obviously, um, you know, I always think of it as like, that's an obvious connection that God wants, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, us to make. And yeah. um, so just, yeah, saying that to people, um, mm-hmm. just to get them to yeah. open up and, and maybe they won't right away, but I mean. Right. You build a relationship so yeah. that when they're ready or the time comes, yeah. it exists. Yeah. The relationship is there. But, all right, well, I think I'm going to pray and then, yeah, just communicate to everybody listening that you can come and talk to us. Mm-hmm. I think our guests are open if people have questions or, or want to be connected. Um, you can send us a message or contact us. Anything from social media will come right to me. Um, so we'd be happy to connect you with these lovely mm-hmm. ladies. Um, I'll say, too, uh, we try to talk about spiritual friendships here at New Hope, and it's like a one-on-one mentoring relationship. Um, they go through a book called Project 52, and you just meet with someone once a week, go over a Bible story. Um, but yeah, it's a mentoring relationship. And so I think 
with this kind of situation and with some of the other things like the the mental health and the grief and loss that we'll talk about um don't struggle alone like reach out and we try really hard to like connect people who you know have a similar background or have come through something similar or some shared hobby or you know make a connection not just shove people together um so yeah I'm going to plug for spiritual friendships too if that's something you're looking for if you just ask me about it it's not committing to it it's just asking questions so yeah all right well I think we're going to pray and close up God, thank you so much for this time. I thank you for um, these women who were bold enough to come forward and share their testimony. And we just pray that you would use this time to bless others, that um, you would use our messes to speak to them and um, they would just speak to their heart. God, you made each person, you died for each person. And so we pray that even now, if anyone is struggling, that they would just recognize their true identity um, as your child. And so we just pray that Pray that blessing out through the airwaves that um, you just show your love so clearly to people who are listening. We thank you so much for giving us this opportunity for the technology and the, all that kind of stuff. Um, we just thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about you. And um, yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Thank you for watching, guys.